You're listening to Embarrassing Family, where we share our weirdest, wackiest, and wildest family stories. Hello, everyone. Today, as our guest, we have Nancy Rose. She's a psychotherapist turned actor and comedian. So, Nancy, you're the white sheep of your family? Yeah, one of them. There's There are a couple, my sister included. But for the most part, we have a very colorful family. Can you tell me about your, your sister and some of your uh, relatives? Yeah, so my sister and I, we both became teachers. And then I moved on to become a therapist. Um, but if you look at our family, the likelihood that we would have become anything other than derelicts was really low because our parents are very colorful and they come from colorful families themselves. Okay. Yeah. I want to tell you more about my mom than my dad. So they divorced when we were toddlers, my sister and I, and they went the parent trap route of each taking a child so that they don't have to pay child support. (laughs) Isn't that like illegal? I don't know. I mean, look, I'm a lot older than you. So we're talking about, you know, like early 80s. So yeah, it probably was legal. Yeah. My sister and I are 13 months apart and my parents divorced and decided they would each take a child and that was it. And it didn't work out that way. I lived with my mom who was a single mom and on and off we were homeless in LA. Whoa. Yeah. And until I was seven. And then I went to go live with um, a family friend. Like there was this family that were friends of both of my parents. And they took me because my dad was already working on his fourth family. Yikes. You know, the type like the New York Italian who thinks that he's God's gift to women. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Jersey Shores, like those people, like, like the situation. Yeah, so taking on another kid just wasn't for him. But my mom, though, she um, got her act together, kind of, um, because knowing that she lost me to a family friend, being that she couldn't support both of us. So she turned to organized crime. What? (laughs) What kind of crime did she do? Well, (laughs) so it's mid-80s, and she started seeing all of these people coming through Mexico that were undocumented and they would get documents, falsified documents, just like today, right? Like an illegal immigration type of thing. Right. So she said, well, if they could do it, then I can do it. And she started making documents, but she didn't really actually want to help anybody except for herself. (laughs) This wasn't a humanitarian thing. (laughs) She created a little empire. Wow, a whole empire. (laughs) Her business partners were also fictitious. So when the FBI came to shut her down, they tried to say that they were going to give her a plea bargain. They've already talked to these other people. And if she could give them information because they already gave her them information about her. And she knew that was BS because she created those people. Yeah, (laughs) she outwitted them. (laughs) Yeah. So she did go to prison, though, for white collar crime. Oh, okay. For embezzlement. That's all they could get her on was embezzlement. So she had embezzled some money with some companies. And in Malibu, this is a a secret. There is a prison. It's a women's minimum security prison in Malibu. You can go ahead and Google it. 
So that's where she went. Yeah, you will find like little information about this. So I was talking some to some friends in Malibu who have lived there for, I think they actually have lived there since the 70s. And I asked them about this prison and if they knew about it. And they're like, well, we heard about it. Like, that's how top secret this is. And I said it was my aunt. I wasn't going to say it's my mom. I said it was my aunt. Okay, yeah, you didn't want (laughs) to embarrass yourself, yeah. Right. So they said, well, what did your aunt go to prison for? And I said, embezzlement. And of course, come on, people who live in Malibu are rich. And they're like, well, who hasn't done a little embezzlement from time to time? (laughs) Skim a little off the top. Right. Pretty typical practice. Yeah. So then when I was in middle school, I would go on the weekends. She was only in prison for, I think, a year, maybe 11 months. And I would go on the weekends and my sister and I, and we would visit her and have barbecues. And she was in like jeans and just- At the prison? Yeah. Wow. Jeans and like just a casual- Yeah. Very casual. Have you ever visited someone in prison? No, I never have. Well, there's plexiglass. And you pick up the phone. Yeah, I've seen that in like all the movies. Yeah, not that at all. Nope. We brought in food and it went on a like conveyor belt and they had to check it and make sure we weren't smuggling in drugs, which we were. <laughs> I was a kid, so I don't know how we smuggled in the drugs, but the man that brought us to come visit our mom was smuggling drugs. What kind of drugs? I mean, if I were to guess, it's going to be like Coke, meth. But again, I was in middle school. I just knew that she had a like always the entrepreneur. <laughs> always thinking ways to, to make a quick buck. <laughs> yeah. She also had us bring in items that um, like tampons, but like the good tampons, because the prison would provide the cardboard applicator tampons. So she would sell those. Probably making more money in prison than she did in her uh, with her other thing. <laughs> um, no, she actually was. That business was really lucrative because when she walked out of the whole thing, they sealed her records, and she wasn't even a felon. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, why did what did she wind up doing after she got out of prison? Trying to lead a very straight and narrow life. That worked out for her for most of. Um, She's still alive, so, you know, she's older in her 60s. But occasionally she'll call me and say, well, Nan, I'm in the pokey. And it's like so casual like that. I'm like, what did you do? But it's never anything major like that. (laughs) So so it's just like it's just like minor crimes, like misdemeanors. Yeah. Um, intoxication and just causing a ruckus. And so they'll throw her in the drunk tank or something. She's one of those people that will give you the shirt off of her back. Like she is just very loving. But then also if she feels like you have a lot of money, she will steal the shirt off your back and then sell it to you. (laughs) (laughs) She's very, very cunning. (laughs) So at this prison, the women had a job to do and it was to fight fires around California. They go to school to learn how to fight fires. And then whenever there is a wildfire, they go uh, jump in a helicopter sometimes or march up a mountain. And so it's a lot of hard work. Whoa. Yeah. And my mom, she likes to remind me that she was so strong she could do this because it wasn't that long ago I was hiking with my dogs and she called and 
I looked and I was like, oh, my mom's calling. And my husband was like, do not answer it. And I'm like, hmm, hi, mom. And so she's, <laughs> like, <laughs> so she's like, oh, Nan, you sound like you're out of breath. And I was like, well, we're hiking with the dogs. We're at mile three. And she's like, yeah, but I thought that you were in shape. <laughs> she's like you know nan i used to hike up the side of mountains with a 40 pound pack and i would fight fires and i'm like that's great mom but that's also the california criminal system jail prison system correctional system and she was also um like 30 she was at her like prime her physical prime yeah i'm like mom i'm in my early 40s Give me a break. Yes. So that's my mom, though. She'll call me up and heckle me. So you should tell her, like, maybe uh, maybe I'll get arrested. I'll go to jail. I'll be as fit as you. <laughs> right? I mean, what else is there to do? That's what people do when they are in prison. They get buff. They work out. They get, they get ripped. Yeah. Then my mom, after she got out of prison, a couple years later, like maybe two years later, she had my sister with my stepdad. And his last name is Hull, H-U-L-L. Okay. And so they named her Jacqueline with the middle initial A. So she's Jacqueline A. Hull. (laughs) And my mom is just a character. She's quite the character. Yeah, she definitely sounds like she's got some uh, kooky uh, character traits. Yeah, never a dull moment with her, ever. (laughs) Actually, I don't even know where she is right now. (laughs) Maybe trying to hide from the feds? No, I know she checks in with a couple of family members. And last time I talked to her, I was like, Mom, where are you? And she's like, don't worry about it. Get some plausible deniability. <laughs> you don't want to know what I'm what I'm doing. Right. I'm like, well, I'm glad that you're well. And she she was in Florida for so long. Oh, she's just in Florida. <laughs> she definitely seems like an appropriate person for Florida. <laughs> she is Florida woman. Like everybody's heard of Florida man. She is Florida woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could see the headline, like yeah. Florida woman starts like illegal document empire. Yeah, I'm going to have to search to see if Florida woman shows up and my mom is there because a couple of <laughs> months ago, a police officer called me and he's like, I'm at the, I'm at a hotel bar with your mom and I'm going to take her home. So I'm guessing this could go either one of two ways. <laughs> Right. I'm like, okay, well, you two kids have fun. And, <laughs> and I just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> he called back. <laughs> it clearly was <laughs> that she was inebriated and just needed a ride home. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the sort of stuff that I get kind of on a regular basis. Yeah, so maybe tell me a bit about some of your other um, your other family members. Yeah, so we're talking about how both of my parents are very colorful. My dad as well, and he does have children with a slew of women, and he is a pathological liar. Oh, God. (laughs) I guess that helps when you have, when you're navigating all these families. If you're going to be a womanizer, right, you've got to be able to promise a bunch of things convincingly. Oh, yeah. He lies and he comes up with some of the just the zaniest things to say. He visited me in Texas and 
it was really hot. It's like triple digits. And he told me, I was like, dad, why don't you put on some shorts? And instead of just saying, I didn't bring shorts, I don't have shorts. He's like, oh no, I don't ever wear shorts. I never wear shorts because my internal body temperature is so high that if my legs touch, I will spontaneously combust. What? <laughs> wow. Why not just say I didn't bring shorts? What's, what's the big deal? I mean, I think you look a lot worse saying that crazy lie than just saying, hey, I didn't bring any any shorts. Right. And this is having a conversation with him. It is like that about 90% of the conversation. Oh, God. Yeah. When he left, he went up towards Amarillo. And then he called me and he said, I hit a really bad snowstorm. And I was like, snow, dad, it's Texas. <laughs> but I fact checked him and turns out there was a dusting of snow. Now this guy is from New York, so he's used to snow. It was a dusting. It was a dusting. So he wasn't totally lying. He was embellishing, I guess. So because he had my sister and raised her, he would tell her stuff all the time. Like one time she came home and he just didn't want to deal with my mom anymore. So he told her that she was dead. What? And for the next three years, my sister thought her mom was dead. What the fuck? But like the dad, like he had to know at some point she would find out that her mom was alive. Yeah. So he didn't think she would ever find out or he was just like, I'll deal with that when the, the time comes. I don't know. And I'm a therapist and I don't know how his brain works. It is just so bizarre. Some of the things he says. Yeah, really bizarre. And he would tell my sister things like, um, well, so her cat fell in the pool. And he said that he saved the cat by administering CPR and having to give the cat like mouth to mouth. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> but all the cat, all of the kittens drowned. So wait, he told this, your, your sister that he saved the cat's life. But the cat mm -hmm. had actually died. No, the cat was alive, but all of the kittens did drown. And so what we as adults think is that he drowned the kittens. What? And he said that like they all fell in the pool and he couldn't save the kittens, but he was able to save her cat. But why would he kill the kittens? Oh, because he didn't want to have to deal with kittens. You have to give kittens away. You got to find kitten homes, you know, and he didn't want to deal with it. So... Okay. But so she's happy that her cat is alive, sees her dad as a hero. You saved my cat. And all the kittens are gone. So she's sad about the kittens being gone, but she's happy that Sneakers lived and thinks her dad's a hero until she grows up and realizes dad's not that good of a guy. <laughs> and no one can give mouth to mouth to the cat. Yeah. <laughs> mouth to mouth to a cat. Oy. I mean, while we're on the stories of cats, so my mom had a cat named Ghosty and the cat was old. It was like 14 years old and he died. She took him to the vet like you do when your cat is sick. And the vet said, we got to put this cat down. He has cancer. There's nothing we can do. So she puts him down and then they ask you, do you want to cremate the cat? Do you want to take the cat home with you? What do you want to do? So she's in Florida. She opts to take the cat home with her. And this is at nine in the morning. And of course, my stepdad and my sister, Jacqueline A-hole, aren't home yet. 
So she doesn't know what to do with the cat. She puts the cat in the freezer. Jacqueline comes home from school. It's high school. She has a bad day. She opens up the freezer to get some ice cream, and there is her childhood cat. Holy shit. (laughs) That must have given her quite a scare. (laughs) So to my mom's defense, she said, I put the cat in the freezer because it's humid out, and I was waiting for everybody to get home so we could have a proper burial. But still, I mean, the cat in the freezer... Between that and the CPR to the cat, it's just (laughs) too much. (laughs) I know, so much horrible cat stories. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and my sister, my other sister, Jacqueline, she's also a white sheep. So there's the three of us, but there's not that many of us. So like you all, you three all turned out okay. Yeah. Despite your, your parents and their various schemes and lies. Right. We learned what not to do. Exactly. I guess that's an education too. You learn what not to do instead of what to do. Yeah. I know you you were, you were a psychotherapist. Um, I was wondering how your kind of family like upbringing like motivated you to pursue that career path. Well, when you have a family that is that crazy and lies going on with my dad and then also being adopted out to this family friend and living over there, and then just having visitation with these two clowns that are my biological mother and father. (laughs) It's very natural to want to study what goes on around us and how people think and just get into the minds and help other people. So that's how that came about. And I figured that out when I was about maybe 12 or 13, probably about the same time my mom went to prison. I guess that's a good motivation, like, you know, to start thinking about that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Did you ever like talk about your parents and like your psych classes? Like, did you bring them up, like write papers on them? Yes, <laughs> definitely. To help understand them a bit. Yeah, you yeah. definitely got some good material there. They are both really good case studies. Should be in like a textbook. Yeah, I'm certain that my dad is. Um, all of his... Just zany, yeah, bizarre behaviors. Very textbook. I have a DSM. Oh, I guess it's over there. I could show you exactly where in the DSM he fits. What's a DSM? Oh, it is what we use to diagnose. So it's the Diagnostic Statistical Manual 5. And that is what we use to diagnose someone. So he's very diagnosable as to where my, with like one particular thing. And as to where my mom has, she fits so many different things like um, ADHD is one, some other things as well. But, but my dad is like to a T there is one particular personality disorder that will just lie, lie for no reason, like shorts. Dad, if you didn't bring shorts, just say I didn't bring shorts. (laughs) I think it's just for like the thrill of it. Like just like the idea of just coming up with something like clever and creative on the spot, you know? Yeah. But he, because he's so convincing, he also, he gets into places that he wouldn't normally go. He can dress himself up and look very distinguished and go places because he carries this confidence. Uh, He has more confidence than brains, I think. So he's done pretty well for himself because of that. I mean, you could almost like be like a con artist, you know? 
both of them are very good at conning people. Yeah. One, because of the confidence and the lying. That's my dad. But my mom actually has the intelligence to con people. And so um, that's why I think that they fit together so perfectly for a little while anyway. Yeah, they would have been such a good team. They were a good team. They ran a business and then... That's why when they decided to split, it was more of a business deal. Well, you take a kid and I'll take a kid and nobody owes anything. So that's it. I'm starting to understand that, that mentality now that I know your parents. Yes. Of like splitting you kids up. Yeah. Just so bizarre. But then when I went to go live with the family friend, they were like, hey, this isn't right. So we need to make sure that these two sisters get to see each other. And we didn't even live that far from each other. It was like maybe 20 minutes. They lived in Burbank and we lived just outside of Burbank. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't even like a distance thing. Like it wasn't like, you know, the parent track were like, you're in New York and she's in London or wherever. Nope. What do you think caused your, your dad to have this like personality disorder? Do you think it was like his upbringing? Do you think it's just like how he was, how he was born? Like what, like, what do you think kind of contributed to that? Yeah. So his... Siblings don't have the personality disorder at all. I know that my aunt has dealt a lot with anxiety and an eating disorder, which eating disorders actually are under the umbrella of anxiety disorders, but none of them have anything like that to that extent. His mother did. She was a pathological liar. Lying, yes, but it was more due to... I think because she was psychotic at times. So I wouldn't want to say like it was necessarily lying since she was living in, in these alternate realities. Okay, so she's like delusional. Yeah, very psychotic at times. So she was in and out of the psych hospital. And then I think maybe this was either when before I was born or when I was a baby. So she went to the psych hospital and that probably was the last time she went. She met this woman there who was one of the psych nurses. And I can tell this story because Grandma Carol just died like last month. And Grandma Carol is not my grandmother that went into the hospital. That's Grandma Marcia. So Grandma Marcia, my dad's mom, goes into the hospital, the psych ward. She meets Grandma Carol, who is the psych nurse. They leave. So when my grandmother is discharged, she then is now with this woman. So she has to then tell my grandfather, look, you're out of the picture. We're getting divorced and I'm going to be with this woman. So this was the the nurse and she became your other grandma because the, the two grandmas were together. Yeah. But rule number one, when you go to a psych hospital, you never find your romantic partner there. No, ever. God, no. Secondly, it's illegal and unethical to date one of the patients. Oh, yeah. No question. My God. But it is a bit of a romantic story because they stayed together until Grandma Marcia died. And she died, I think it was 2012. So we're talking like, I guess that was late 70s all the way to 2012. It's like 50 years. Yeah. So it was 2014 or 15 when gays and lesbians are allowed legally, federally to get married. And so she died like two years prior to that happening or else they would have gotten married. Sad. Yeah. But it, regardless though, it was a love story. It just is the way that it happened is, you know, unethical and illegal. Yeah. I guess it's good they stayed together though. 
Yeah. I hope she was of sound mind when she was in the relationship. Do you think like the nurse was like controlling her? No, I think that after she went to the psych hospital, that was her last time. And then being with Grandma Carol, she was in better, mentally, she was better than prior when she was married to a man with four children. Right. I mean, she still had the children. The woman she married, did she wind up like losing her job? I'm guessing she wasn't still employed there if she ran off with one of the patients. I mean, it must have like destroyed your career. I know she worked, so maybe she went and saw employment elsewhere. I mean, when you're a nurse, you're in high demand, so I don't know. I never even asked. Well, I guess they made it work. Yeah, I just more was mesmerized, like, um, by the love story of it, but then also kind of you. Yeah. Because I've worked in psych hospitals. Never, ever would I be like, oh, out of all these patients, like this one, I'm going to... (laughs) hook up with that one looks good i'm gonna i'm gonna bring him home right so he's real uh, he's a real keeper (laughs) before we go um is there any way that uh people can see your material or um get in touch with you on social media so on instagram i'm world resident and i don't do anything else as far as like tiktok and youtube i keep saying i'm going to but i I don't. Um, I also run a bed and breakfast and have a restaurant and bar. So there are all these other things that I do in addition, David. Oh, wow. You got a lot of businesses going on. Yeah. All legitimate businesses. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for being a guest. Um, I loved hearing about your uh, your parents and um, their, uh, their various um, uh, con artistry and um, quote unquote uh, business ventures. <laughs> I guess uh, say hi to your mom for me if she ever uh, manages to turn up. (laughs) I will. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Would you like to be a guest? Please send a story about your embarrassing family member to embarrassingfamily at gmail.com.